0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The situation within Canada's healthcare system, particularly ERs, emergency rooms, not good now. Really not good now. The Canadian Medical Association released this statement. Or anyway, here, here's the headline of the one-page statement they issued this week. Patients, providers suffer as ERs are overwhelmed yet again. Wait times up to 20 hours are being experienced. And then I went back and I found uh, in the Canadian Medical Association Journal September 25 of last year, there was an article headlined, Without More Acute Care Beds, Hospitals Are on Their Own to Grapple with Emergency Department Crises. And that's spelled C-R-I-S-E-S, as in multiples. Dr. Kathleen Ross is the president of the Canadian Medical Association, and she's back with us. Dr. Ross, thank you for, for, for taking the time.
1: Happy to be
0: here. So the fact the CMA issued this one-page release on the state of ERs in Canada speaks volumes to me. But Dr. Bross, uh, please, the perspective for Canadians who view emergency departments at their hospitals as the refuge perhaps of last meaningful resort when they or their loved ones are in health distress, particularly the six million or so who have no family doctor.
1: Oh, it is uh, it's deeply concerning, and it certainly highlights just how fragile our healthcare system um, has become. And, you know, these are not new problems, as you've said, and, uh, and you pointed out the number of acute care beds. Uh, you know, back in the 1990s, when I first started practice, we made significant cuts to the number of hospital beds, and it really wasn't supported by an increase in resources in community care. So we have both an inflow into the emergency department challenge and an outflow uh, for admitted patients uh, in the emergency department. And part of that's uh, an inadequate number of beds for the surge we're facing right now. And part of it's not having those alternate levels of care beds, you know, long-term care, rehabilitation. Uh, and then on the inflow side, with patients not having access to primary care, and we know that, you know, one in five Canadians don't have a primary care provider. And, and of those who do, you know, 40% or more will tell you it's difficult to access their primary care, care provider in a, in a decent time. So we wind up with, uh, with chronic conditions that aren't managed appropriately uh, winding up in eMERGE and, and people uh, not having anywhere
0: else to go. Yeah. We talked about immigration in the last hour and 75% of Canadians told Leche that their concern about the current immigration numbers is that it will negatively affect health care, education as well, and housing. So we took some phone calls, Dr. Ross, and the majority of our callers wanted to talk about the state of health care in Canada. They felt certainly that immigration numbers were too high, given the, uh, the infrastructure available. But they wanted to talk about their healthcare experiences. And that speaks volumes to me. And after I speak with you, I'm going to take more calls on, on experiences with uh, emergency rooms. But I'm looking at, at, the, at my clock here in the studio, and I'm on Eastern time. You're on Pacific time. We have different time zones in this country. People listen to us all over the country. So if I look look at my time, it's 4.11 now. So I walk into an ER and I've got something wrong with me. I know there's something wrong with me. And I need help. The potential is there that I will have to wait until noon tomorrow to be seen. That's not reassuring. That's scary. No,
1: certainly not. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And, and I think Canadians are really losing patience. It is taking us too long to come forward with uh, with solutions. And we know our main challenges are, are you know, work, worker retention alongside an inadequate number of workers in training and, and, uh, you know, and not fully integrating internationally trained graduates as, yep, these are all, these are all challenges. But no matter how many more care providers we put in the system, if we're not able to retain them because working conditions are overwhelmed and you have lack of resources when you show up to work to meet the needs of the patient that's in front of you, uh, it's really difficult to retain people. uh, And we're seeing burnout and uh, and resigning uh, from positions across the country.
0: Which only exacerbates the situation.
1: Oh, absolutely makes it uh, makes it worse. So we know we need to we need to, to shore up the system as it exists right now for sure, and that sustainable healthcare funding uh, is, is important. But we also need to set clear targets to enhance uh, patient access, looking at our foundation, our front door of healthcare in primary care looking at what we need to do to support our emergency departments, and then on the other side, looking at shoring up community services, uh, whether that's long-term care beds, rehabilitation beds, hospital at home, so we can treat some of these conditions in the home rather than having a a bed uh, occupied in the emergency or elsewhere, all parts of the solutions.
0: Dr. Ross, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know, but I had the lead doctor of a group of emergency rooms in Hamilton hospitals tell me that patients were dying because they couldn't get inside an emergency room at the hospital nearest their home or location of distress. That was in the 1990s, when there were already hospital bypass instructions for ambulance crews because ERs then couldn't handle any more patients, and it was those paramedic ambulance crews who were left caring for patients who couldn't be admitted to the er while the ambulance was parked outside is it still yes. is it still no, that no. bad
1: it is not a new problem and uh, and unfortunately these these pressures keep mounting and and the approach in healthcare management often uh, we know with uh, the emergency canary uh, in the coal mine is to go to find a, a more resilient canary uh, but I think time is now to really have a, a good hard look at the coal mine. We need to improve the, uh, the working conditions and the ability for patients to access care close to home where and, where, and when, where and when they need it. And that means looking at community resources, including access to primary care. We need to look at the, at the ability for us to move patients for alternate level of care out of the hospital and leave space. And then we need to support Canadians in, in being their best healthy self getting their vaccinations like flu or COVID when they're when they're available, uh, looking at managing your chronic diseases to the optimum way. And, uh, and if we all work in the same direction uh, and collaborate across jurisdictions, this can happen.
0: Yeah. Taking care of your own health as best you can to the maximum of your potential is a critical component in the delivery of healthcare. We understand that. But let me ask you, I've spoken with you now, I think three times in your, so far, it's still still a brief tenure, you have a long way to go, in your time as President of the CMA. I've spoken to your predecessors for 30 years, and I hear many of the same positions, perhaps modified slightly, over that time. So I'm asking you, Dr. Ross, who's listening? Who's actually listening and absorbing what the Canadian doctors are saying? Identifying as the problem in delivering the healthcare, Canadians pay so so many dollars for it, huge amounts of money going to healthcare. Who listens to you?
1: So I think lots of people listen. It's just that the healthcare system is a behemoth of a machine, uh, and we've seen these excellent works in in silos across the country. I like to call them cylinders of excellence. But now is the time to break down silos, to actually set some targets, understand uh, what we need to deliver in the way of services before we say who uh, and where. So what do we need? Then start talking about who and where. Start ensuring that we have the right uh, number of people, the right number of places to place patients uh, and ensure that those dollars are, are there to, uh, to improve health care. I've been at this for 30 years. I've been having many of these same conversations for 30 years. I think what's changed this time is the urgency that the Canadian population at large feels now. We know we cannot continue doing more of the same. We need to modernize how we deliver our health care, and that may mean changing where we deliver services, how we talk uh, to patients back and forth, leveraging technology where that's appropriate. All of these things are on the, um, on the list to do. Underlying all of this is the need for collaboration across all jurisdictions in the country, across all sites of care in the country, across all providers in the country. We need Canadians to keep speaking up to their political leadership keep their foot on the gas, we need to address this urgent challenge in our healthcare system before it falls apart altogether.
0: Yeah. So, here's my question. Looking at the headline of your statement, patients, providers, patients and providers, suffer as ERs are overwhelmed yet again. 20-hour waits. If the appropriate things are not done, if the appropriate actions are not taken, if what you've just shared with us is not... Undertaken and put in place. How long can, th- can this hold out? How long until we are in a situation where it's just not there anymore?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely challenging to predict how long we can hang on. I mean, we're we're relying on the resilience of uh, of humans, uh, oftentimes. But there, there, I, I do have hope as I head into twenty twenty four. We've seen, you know, investment of an unprecedented nature in healthcare this past year. I'm, uh, I'm encouraging uh, all jurisdictions across Canada to sign those bilateral agreements with the federal government to get those additional dollars out the door. Uh, and those agreements were, were, you know, to tailor and taper to the needs of specific populations and geographies, but really centered around those four shared health priorities. And that's access to family health services, particularly rural remote, supporting healthcare workers, reducing backlogs increasing access to mental health and substance use, and really modernizing how we gather and use healthcare data and digital tools. These are all part of our, uh, our work ahead, But there's dollars on the table that are as yet unclaimed in many jurisdictions.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.
1: Nine one one. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God! The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hovering!